Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to another edition of your favorite podcast, Insane in the Membrane. Insane in the Membrane. Welcome, one and all. It's another, it's that time again. It's another episode. It's insane in the membrane. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you what, I'm still proud of that title. I am. I know it comes up a bit now and again, and avid listeners and our our regular listeners will know. I'm so proud of it. I am. What a title. Come on, man. What's not to love, eh? Um, But before we get into it, before we get into it, as we all know, it's the admin. Got to do the admin. So um, uh, thank you to all of our patrons uh, for helping us keep the lights on, helping us keep going. You know, it really, we love doing this podcast um, and just sometimes we need a bit of help just keeping it going. So uh, if you want to become a patron, if you go to patreon.com forward slash membrane podcast and you can pledge us a couple of quid a a month. That's it. It's only like a couple of quid a month. And it just helps us keep going. It helps us bring you one of the finest podcasts in the land. Honestly, we're not driving around in Bentleys and things like that. You know, we really, it is literally just about keeping it going. Uh, so if you could do that for us, that'd be great. Um, uh, or if you know, if you can't, if you can't go to the Patreon page, what you want to do is go to our link tree. Now, link tree is in, it's in, it's the link that's in all of our bios on across all of my social media. You'll just see it there, and it'll say link tree. Click on that, and that will take you to everything that we do: our websites, our live dates, our coffee, our merch. It, it's all right there in front of it. It's so easy to do. You just click that link, and then that will take you um, to uh, that will take you to um, the next three Dark Horse Live comedy nights in Tunbridge Wells. Takes you to our YouTube channel. It, it tells you about producer Paul and what he's doing. Uh, it takes you to our merch. You buy that merch, those lads, our tees and our hoodies, um, and you've got insane in the membrane coffee beans through Wogan Coffee in Bristol, uh, as well as the blog that's on my website, as well as the dates. Like I could say. Um, also, if you go to Wogan Coffee, you use the promo code Membrane. That's one word. You get 10% off as well. So it, that's there for you. So just click on that. Click on the link tree, and it's all there right in front of you. Absolute doddle. You can't go wrong with this. So do that for us. That would be fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, so anyway, right. The guest this week is uh, Vaughn Earl Norman. Now, I'm a huge... Vic and Bob fan, love Vic and Bob, loved them since, I remember the big night out in, I must have been 92, 92, 93, around about that time, maybe 91, 92, Um, I used to work in an old people's home, 
in Longfield in down in Kent. And uh, I used to do it when I used to do the evening shift, and I'd go round and check on all the patients and stuff, and make sure that they were all tucked up in bed and all clean and everything was ready to go. And there was one uh, I used to get to it. By the time I got to his room, Vic and Bob, Vic Reeves' big night out was on. We used to, I just sit on the sit next to the bed, and we used to watch Vic and Bob together. Um, and he just goes, "What's all this about?" <laughs> But he loved it. He loved it. We used to sit and watch that. It was great. I used to hide from all the other nurses watching Vic and Bob. Um, yeah, what, what a time. What a couple of years. 30 years. Bloody hell, 30 years ago. Jesus Christ. Time flies, doesn't it, eh? So, uh, but your guest this week, Vaughan Earl Norman, uh, he's, he's a character on uh, Vic and Bob. And I met him. I met him last year when I was doing tour support for Clinton Baptiste. And we hit it off straight away. He's such a beautiful man. Him and his mate, John O'Sullivan, who we talk about in the episode, both top-notch human beings. We're gonna get, I'm going to get John on as well at some point. I'll drop him a line, get him on, because he's such a dude. He's very funny. Uh, and Vaughan was great. You know, just a beautiful soul. He's been through a lot, but we talked about all that on the, in, on the uh, episode. Um, you know, this is what I love doing this podcast. I get to have a chat with some fascinating people, some wonderful folks, and I've made friends with people via this podcast. So, like Nancy Carter Bradley the other week. I mean, we like you can hear that friendship unfold on the episode. What a beautiful thing! Um, so yeah, same with Vaughn. Vaughn's such a lovely man. And at the end of this episode, I just was like, you know what? I can't wait to see him. What a dude! So uh, yeah, do you know what? I'm doing it again. I'm wittering on. Let's get on with it. Let's get on with it. So coming up in a minute is Vaughn L. Norman. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. A podcast from producer Paul Dakota.uk. Insane in the membrane. There you go. Are you all right? Well, um, you've caught me on a good day. Say, okay. We'll say that. Good. Uh, mentally, mentally I'm, I'm absolutely fine, but yeah. uh, physically, I'm pretty fucked. Yeah. Because you, you 
Because weren't you telling me you got? Are you got? Because you had cancer. I've still got cancer. I've got kidney cancer, but it's in remission. Right. Okay. The uh, a lot of the tumours are dead. Right. Uh, they're non-active, but they, can, they can't get rid of them because um, of where they're situated near the main arteries and stuff like that. Oh shit! So yeah, uh, so it's been it's difficult to be honest with you. But yeah, yeah. So you can still so there is, so it's like you say, same remission, but you're still having to lug that around. They can't do anything about it, and that must be exhausting. Well. What happened? Are we are we on? Are this we recording? Yeah, yeah. All oh, right, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Uh, what happened was in two thousand and seven, I was diagnosed. I went to hospital with kidney stones, mm. um, and they did some scans whilst I was there. You know, looking for the stones, mm. and then there was a sort of um, change of mood. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, uh, people wouldn't look me in the eyes, and I was laid oh, in, in this in this hospital bed thinking I should be going home. I'm fine, you know. Yeah. I'm absolutely fine. What I do. all these poor people are ill, you know. That guy's got only got one kidney. That guy's got bowel cancer, mm. and um, I kept going to the desk and saying, "Oh, have the, have the results come through yet?" And they start like, "Oh, yeah, we're just waiting for them." And then on the Friday morning, uh, a consultant came with a registrar, a junior doctor and two mm. nurses and said, um, would you mind coming to my office? Shit. And I thought, well, that's sort of like not good. And then I sort of, he said, take a seat. He said, um, I know you came in with kidney stones, but during the scans we found a, kidney, a primary kidney cancer and secondary tumours to your lymph nodes and liver. My God. And without treatment, we can give you about nine months. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I said, my, I remember this to, to the dad. I said, ooh, liver cancer, that's a shitty death, isn't it? <laughs> and he went, it is, yeah. And I said, all oh, right, okay, well, that's not going to happen. And uh, the only thing else I can remember from that little meeting was the nurse. I can't even remember what she looks like, but she had these absolutely beautiful blue eyes. And all of the doctors were like shifting about, whereas this nurse just, uh, you know, eyeballed me all the way through it. And I'll never forget that. It didn't wow. have to give me some strength. And uh, I then had to obviously uh, tell my ex-wife, who mm. had only split up with two months before, previously Jesus. and try and get around the head that my three four-year-old son wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna see him grow up oh. um, and then that started a whole process of treatment and mm. operations and radiotherapy it took about six years um, and that destroyed my immune system it uh, it destroyed my uh, core, my my muscular core, because they had to basically cut me in half to get... I mean, I've got a scar from the belly button to the spine. Oh, my God. Um, can you remember, you, you asked about it in bed the other week. Yes, I remember. I was like, yeah, oh, what's yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's me tiddle. Yeah. No, um, <laughs> I said it's scar tissue. <laughs> uh, no, anyway, seriously. Uh, he, and then, you know, so I had two years of chemo, two years of radiotherapy, um, I lost my job because I couldn't fly. Um, 
due to radioactivity in my system. And oh, shit, yeah. It was horrible. It was horrible. Um, and the only thing that kept me going, basically, was my son, yeah. you know, watching him. Um, and things just developed, really. It's sort of like, you know, it got a bit good news after good news. And it ended up being one of the rarest cancers in the world. There's only been 42 my cases God. worldwide. Yeah. So showing off now. Yeah. Um and uh the the thing was because it's rare there's mm. no real treatment plan. Really? So there's no treatment. There's no pres- prescribed treatment plan like nice or whoever decides these things. Yeah. Um have you got breast cancer right we'll do this treatment that treatment if that doesn't work we'll go to this and we'll go to that. Mm. So me and my cancer specialist uh, Dr. Nick Wad at um, James Cook Hospital in Middlesbrough was sort of like scanning around for novel things to do. Mm. And we found this professor in um, in Sutton, the Royal Marsden at Sutton, who was doing this nucleotide experimental treatment, Professor Val Lewington. And I went down there for a year and a bit. Right. What, was his, what was his name? What was his name? Dr. Nick Wood. Nick Wood. Uh, right. Wad. What, Nick right. Wad in Middlesbrough. He's a lovely fella. Um, and then it's, I went down to Sutton to try this experimental stuff, and that really worked. That sort yeah. of got rid of things. And it just slowly died. Um, so right. I had a, I had one of the kidneys. The problem was both my kidneys had fused when I was a fetus. Okay. Um, sorry, they hadn't come, they hadn't developed separately. Yeah. So they stayed fused. It's called a horseshoe kidney. You can imagine two kidneys and it's yeah. shaped a horseshoe. And um, so I they sort of cut half of this mega kidney off out and took some bowel and, you know, ribs, took a couple of ribs away. So What? Just to get, yeah, they took a rib and a half away to get, to get at it. So I've only got like, I've got wonky ribs. <laughs> What's that? So that so and then then due then due to that all of that treatment and I was taking this advanced AIDS treatment for as a key as a biological therapy it's right. called it's similar to chemotherapy but they use a biological enzyme or something mm. and that totally destroyed my immune system so I developed in typical autoimmune disorders like. Uh, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, gout. Uh, I got psoriatic arthritis, psoriasis. Oh, so God. all of those treatments have basically is is mean that I'm I'm literally knackered now. You know I can't. Yeah. I pick any disease or any virus up, any uh, any bacterial infection. Yeah. Um, and I I've got fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue. Uh, uh, syndrome is it now? I don't know what it's called now. They've actually decided it's a real thing, um, and it's all down to this cancer treatment. But of course, the good thing is that you know it, I'm here. Yeah, that's the. And my son's tw- uh, twenty next month. Oh, amazing! So, so, so that's that that's that's what. And funny enough, that's what really got me. Started in acting and comedy again, really. Really? Just a new zest for life? Yeah, it was sort of like, I, I had a 20, I'm older than I look. You are a pretty I, man. Yeah, thank you. Not as pretty as you. You you sort of, you don't look as pretty as you do in real life. You've, you're absolutely gorgeous <laughs> in real life with those 
beautiful blue eyes. We did just fall in love when we met each other. We did. We? Yeah. we did fall in love. Yeah, and then you had a girlfriend or something. Oh, no, sorry, mate. Um. So yeah, so I I had a twenty seven year career in in the oil and gas logistics industry, moving big things around. And uh, I got to a position where I was flying a lot and doing a lot of international travel, and mm. it, it was a good job. But unfortunately, I lost that due to the treatment of cancer. So I hadn't I haven't worked really since two thousand and twelve. Wow. Um, and then in two thousand sixteen, uh, I started listening to Ian Lee's show, and um, I got this. Uh, I listened to this guy called Pat Riley on on it. Yeah. Uh, who rang in, and he was just the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> he, he he lived with his mum, uh, who was in a wheelchair and like run his life. And he'd do things like he'd ring up and go, "Hello, Ian." I can't do the voice, but it's like, I think I remember uh, him. Yeah, yeah. And um, <clears throat> so he did like things like uh, ribbon dancing on radio and stuff like that, or just stupid stuff. But he, the way he did it was just hilarious. And uh, I thought I must get in touch with this guy, and, I, uh, and then I heard uh, Bob Mortimer ringing as Sporting Keith to the Ian Lee show. He didn't didn't quite um, he didn't quite uh, say it was Bob Mortimer, but obviously no. Bob's got a fairly un, uh, unforgettable voice, yeah. voice, distinctive voice. Um, so I had just off the I'd heard this Pat Riley, and I thought, Do you know what, I'm going to ring in. I'll try and think of a character. So I rang in as uh, Clive, who lived in the same village as Sporting Keith. <laughs> and Sporting Keith said, Ian was asking for people for videos to go on the YouTube site. And like Bob had rang in as this Sporting Keith and said, oh, uh, my nephew's quite fast, you know, he can run quite fast. I'm thinking about doing a video. Would that would that be good for your, sh- your show? You know, I'm not very good, but it might be... And Ian had obviously clocked on. It was Bob and said, "Oh well, yeah, yeah, you do that." And he produced, he produced this shitty video. <laughs> and he, you know, rang it two or three times. I thought, "I'm going to have to ring in." Yeah. You know, I'm massive Bob and uh, Vic and Bob fan. And I rang in as this Keith character was like, "I know that lad who rang in. He's a liar." <laughs> you know, it was like he lit. He lives in the same village as me, and he 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 takes his kids to school in his slippers. He's that sort, of, you know, and all that. And uh, and then um, I met. I actually met Pat Riley on mm. Twitter, and we 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 sort of talked in character for weeks and weeks. And in the end, we said, "Look, who are you?" And it was actually uh, John O'Sullivan. Ah, oh, right. And um, and I was me. Yeah, and uh, so we sort of said we must do something together because he was really found my stuff really funny, and we did some Pat and Clive podcasts, which have um, there's about three or four of them, uh, yeah, which which are just the weirdest <laughs> thing I've ever done, um, and it was just it ended up too much work. John was down in down in West Sussex. And I was up here, and we're, we're supposed to be in cars and in churches right. and funeral homes. So I had to do a lot of production with all the sound effects and getting his audio open and producing that and editing. And it, took, it was starting start to take weeks to do one because mm. we really wanted to try and make it sound like we were. Yeah. And it was 
it, it was great fun to do, but it was just the work, you know. Yeah. Uh, so we said, so we said, oh well, and he said, oh well, I'll come up and I'll, I'll uh, we'll write something. So we started doing bits and pieces, and he came up and he loved, he loved the area, and uh, he's actually uh, moved up now. He's bought a place in Yarm. Oh, no, Yarm. So he lives yeah. about two, two or three mile away from me. Oh, really? But, uh, um, yeah, yeah. So he, well, I see him every day. We we try and write bits and pieces or have ideas every day. But have you been in but, the company? Uh, have you been in your company that night? Yeah. The pair of you are just constant, constantly mm. just yeah at each other. And even when like we were all sat around talking, one of you will say something about something, and then you'll come out. You you'll be talking to someone else. Then you'll you'll come back at him. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a yeah. nice dynamic. Yeah, we're we're basically a married couple. Yeah, uh, but uh, without the sex. Well, because I like time. ladies. <laughs> oh, um, <yeah. laughs> I keep I tell that to everyone because you know I we we we're sort of like Eric and Ernie, you know, who shared the bed, but yeah. it was never never in any way in, in, intimated that they were intimate. No. Uh, so we we uh, he comes over a lot. He looks after me when I'm not very well and stuff like that. So oh, he's, that's he's nice. a brilliant friend. I love him a bit. He's a lovely um, man. He's a twat, but he is a lovely, <laughs> lovely man. But he's funny so, as well, though. He's always commenting on Oh, he's on hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he's just... His sense of humour comes from a very, very unique place mm. because he he was brought up quite uniquely. Oh, really? In a, ni- in a nice way. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's watched <laughs> a lot of telly, so he's an absolute telly buff. And he has this sort of like slightly outward left field st- st- thought processes sometimes which don't really work in real life but f- for comedy it's good <laughs> so it, we so I I was by that time I was talking to John and as John not Pat Riley and then I did a couple of these uh, Clive calls uh, to Ian Lee and then Ian Lee emailed me and said oh Bob Mortimer's been in contact with me uh, can he use some of your Calls in a TV show, that's what he said. Amazing. And I said, yeah, of course, you know, no problem. And um, as it turned out, he, Bob, I then got this email from bob at 6791gmailcom It's not his real <laughs> And I thought, yeah, oh, this is a wind-up. It's probably John. And he said, oh, me and Jim are writing at the moment. And if we wrote something for you, would you be interested in being in our Christmas special? Oh, what? And Amazing. Went, yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and he said, well, we have to audition you, so I'll send send some script up, and if you could video yourself doing doing uh, some of it in different ways. Mm. And uh, so I did, and I was down there in July 2017, that was. Yeah. And we did the Christmas special. It was that famous one with the, uh, I think it was the Rod Stewart one, I think. Right. I walk on and say, all right, lads, how are you doing? And he says, uh, oh, who are you? I said, oh, I'm Rod Stewart, the singer. And he said, what, Rod Stewart? It looks like him, doesn't it? And of course, I'm this big fat sort of <laughs> Middlesbrough lad. Yeah, and he says, I said, oh, I'm just, just rehearsed. I was just wondering if you've got a tenant to get the bus because I'm, 
I'm rehearsing at uh, Wem- you know, the Wembley Arena. <laughs> so it was just just a, a little cameo, really. And then I walked off and I was never seen in that episode again, I don't think. But it sort of hit a note, really, with some people. Yeah. As is, as they, I mean, Bob and Jim are brilliant at picking weird, wonderful characters for oh, their God, stuff. Yeah, don't yeah, they? yeah. So I was another one of them in that long line of brilliant sort of see him a few times and then never see him again, sort of it's thing. Brilliant. It's like um, Hancock's Half Hour when you look back and you see the cameos yeah. in that, like Dick Emery and all those yeah. people. You like you become you're just as important. As as the main as the main event, which is yeah. fucking great. Yeah. What things have on your CV? It was unbelievable, and the great thing about them too is they were they know what they don't like, but you can pretty much do anything, really. Yeah, and they're so intensely rehearsed. They rehearse all day, um, one day, rehearse the next day, and then film, you know, uh, supporting shots and bits and pieces. If there's a lot of makeup and character, they'll do those and for the for the show. Yeah. And then at seven thirty, the audience will be brought in, and that and it's done, and it's done right through. There's none of this three hour really? recording process. It's done. You know, I reckon most of them were done in thirty six, thirty seven minutes. Bloody hell! Yeah, straight. Oh yeah. Through. So Jeez. and it's a twenty twenty six minute show on TV. It might be more with it being BBC twenty eight, twenty nine minutes. So it's pretty much done live. My God, that's incredible. Um, yeah, yeah. So you know you've got to be on your toes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because there's no like, oh, can we do that line again? You've got to be on it. You know, because like they're straight through it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It was, yeah. A, it was a massive. I had a lot of freedom to do. You know, there's some stuff that went on screen that that I'd made up, and you know. Yeah. Which is always pleasing, isn't it, when that happens? Oh, God, yeah, of course it is. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, and then, um, we, uh, and I end up doing two, another two series of that. So we end up doing eight, another eight shows, like two fours. Fucking brilliant. 2018, 2019, nice. 20, yeah. What a thing to be a part of. Because, like you say, I've always loved them since the big night out and that. Yeah. Just because they were just so different to anything that was around at the time. It's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just, and so... I mean, Bob, the the thing about them is they they literally go sit in who's ever house and write stuff and if they both laugh, it goes in. Right. And that's it. That's all. Yeah, and they don't think, do you know what? What's current? What's, you know, you could have taken what they did in that last series and put it in 1987 or 1997 And there really isn't a lot, a lot that would have been lost no. on the audience because the timeless really is just daftness. Yeah. It's exactly that. It's daft. There's no, there's no reasons. There's no, there's no morals. There's no kind no. of. It's just, it's just stupidity. It's, it's Jim's dadaism, isn't it? Put on, you know, he's a massive dada sort of fan. Of yeah. I mean, he would take it further, Jim. I think. I mean, I think that that that. That that partnership is brilliant because Bob's Bob is brilliant at doing the human side of it, yeah. and Jim is so out there, genius level, sort of creatively mm. that Bob sort of like brings him back into focus. I don't want to sound like Bob's like 
controlling Jim in any way because Jim's the yeah the the you know the godhead. But it's just it's just um, just remarkable partnership. Yeah, just it just remarkable. works. Just works. Yeah, and it must have been you must have had a moment when you after you'd finished filming and you take a moment to look back. You think you went into the doctors that day. Yeah, yeah. And they said you only went in for kidney stones, and your life changed in seconds. And yeah. then fast forward a couple of years, and you're working with Vic and Bob. You must yeah. have a moment. You go, what the fuck? You must. Yeah, it was. It, do you know? I mean, I've said this to other people. What happened when you've given that sort of? I don't want to hark back to it because I don't want to be like. A cancer survivor, but mentally, when you when you face that level of demand on your positivity mm. uh, and that level of concentration on survival, you it tends to completely change your viewpoint on ups and downs. Mm. So during treatment, I never really got really bouncy about great good news because I knew there's going to be some bad news and I didn't want to be up and down all the time. I tried to keep a steady ship. Mm. So, you know, internally I was probably, oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. But I would never like say, oh, well, that's it. It's finished. Mm. So ever since I've been quite a mellow chap. Yeah. So, so in some respects it's great because if it would, if it would have been pre-cancer, I probably just would have shit myself and not done Vic and Bob and said, yeah. oh, no, 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 it's not fair. I can't do that. I'm not good enough for that. Whereas after that process, after that experience, I thought, well, yeah, fuck it, it'll be fun. Mm. You know, and that's, that's yeah. what I did. And, you know, so you're right in some respects. There's a bit, The further I get away from it, in chronologically, the further I think, do you know, I did something pretty good there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, um, you must find it. Yeah, it must be mind blowing. Like I said, just to go from that to that. And when you like, when you, how did it must have felt weird when you went in when they you knew something was up when you went to the yes. hospital, and then when they said we found this, did yeah. it? So I've never, I, I, I've not had anything like that before. Do you feel? What happens? How do you feel? Do you feel... Can you feel it? Can you... Does it like... All of a sudden, you're like, actually, yeah, that does... You can feel like pain or does it go... Do you go numb or... I've all... Um, for, for years, I'd had chronic back pain. Mm. Um, and I've, I've never been this heavy. So when I, when I was diagnosed with cancer, I was like 13 stone. You know, mm. I was like playing five aside two or three times a week. Um, so there shouldn't shouldn't I shouldn't have had chronic back pain really, right. and it turns out that um, some of the cancerous lymph nodes were pressing on the spinal cord, Shit. and causing and I, my adrenal gland was involved as well. Right. So if I ever had a shock, I used to get a massive burst of pain in my back. Right. And it was because the adrenal gland was pumping out this adrenaline, and it wasn't actually working properly. So I was getting this like associated pain so I, I never thought anything of it I just thought oh, I've got a bad like slip disc and I, yeah. I went private I remember my wife saying go just pay for some scans and a specialist yeah. to look at your spine because I'd get up on a morning crying with pain because it was just that just bad just that bad shit and uh, that was years before any you know it was literally 
my GP's here, and I think you've got kidney stones, Vaughn. You should admit right. to the hospital and get it checked out. Yeah. Uh, so there was pain associated with it, and that's the problem with cancer. It's not like, oh, that's a cancer pain. No. It you know, feels that like... must be cancer. Yeah. You know, it feels like there's something up. Yeah. Now, mine was systemic, obviously, with the lymph nodes involved and another sort of the lymphatic system. Mm. So I was tired a bit, you know, I was getting back pain and, you know, general fatigue, but yeah. nothing, nothing. It was literally, they reckon I actually did have stones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. it was only the fact that they did an extra investigation that they found all this mass around it. Yeah, Jesus. So it's funny, I remember when I had kidney stones for the first time, and um, I remember thinking I was constipated. I remember waking up in the morning, yeah. I'm like, oh, I just feel really bad. My, I thought, yeah, I was like, oh, I've really backed up. So my, my wife at the time, she she gave me a, a thing to like, loosen me up. And then she said, yeah, go to the toilet, see how you feel. And then I just was like, I, I, I remember I came back in the bedroom and I was sweating. And I just went, I can't, I don't know what's going on. I don't feel right. And so she bundled me in the car and we went off and we got to the hospital. And then where I was in so much pain, I was in the hospital on the, on the bed and I ended up like all cramping up and I'm all, you know, and then I'm on the bed and I'm like, oh my God, I was panicking. And then, uh, and then I'm sort of in this weird state of all bent up and buckled. And then I heard the doctor yeah. say, we need to give him, an, he actually said this, we need to give him an anti-spastic injection. And even in that moment, I went, I said to her, I went, did he, did he say spastic? And she went, yeah. And she went, don't you dare. And I was like, I still went, <laughs> even though it's a terrible thing, I was still laughing. I know. I know. I know. You have to, though. Yeah. I think that's part of the comedian brain, though, isn't it? You just think that like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know it's I mean, terrible. I remember. I remember we were in one of those quiet rooms that you see on these dramas, you know, where they put relatives, where they dad's dying mm. or mum's dying or whatever. I mean, I've been in one when my mum died, but, but I was in there because they said, look, take some time, because I'd already discharged, but they said, look, you know, you don't need to be driving now because you've had a shock and what have you. Mm. And my friends, uh, my ex-wife came in. She was uh, my ex-partner, I should mm. say. It was common law, really, but we were together 17 years. Um, and two of my dearest friends came, you know, and they were all crying and, oh God, I can't mm. believe it. And uh, it got to that awkward pause where where it does, where they've said all they wanted to say and then it's not sat there and I went, put your hand up if you've got terminal cancer. <laughs> <laughs> and it just sort of broke the ice ring. Yeah. But then like my ex-wife said, Vaughn, you shouldn't be saying that, you know. Um, it's just like you say, but, it's the comedian in you. It's just that, that when you see an audience, when there's an audience of whatever it is, you know what I mean? You have to sort of think of what's the most funniest thing I could say now yeah. or what's the most inappropriate. And how did it feel when you must have been, you must have gone through so many emotions when they said, look, you're going to need treatment or you've yeah. only got nine months to live? Yeah. That must have been. I can't imagine what that must have been like. I've had, we had a guest um, on recently, uh, Nancy yeah, Carter Bradley, and talked yeah, to her, and yeah. I can't imagine what that must be like. Well, I think you do one or two things, and I genuinely believe this, and maybe there'll be people out there say it's rubbish or whatever, but I think there's a lot of luck involved. Mm. 
uh, with survival. But I think there's a lot to do with how you initially look at it, how you look at it as a challenge. Yeah. And um, I had a massive motivation in the fact that I had a three, three or four-year-old son. Mm. Age four. And I was determined to see him grow up. And um, so what I did is I just set my sights on that. Right, yeah. And I mean, my, you know, the first operation was a real risky operation. I lost, uh, I think they said lost, I lost five litres of blood during the oh, operation. God. It was a huge amount of, obviously, because I'm literally opened up. Mm. I mean, the, it, for viewers of, uh, of viewers with a timid nature, switch off now, but they sort of, they take your internal organs out and put it on a little table at the side what? to get to your kidneys and then they put them all back in. And Yeah, oh. it's a massive, massive operation. And um, so, but I skipped down to the, skipped down the corridor to the operating theatre. Because you were skipped just happy to be getting Because I that. knew, I knew it was the one big thing that could help me overcome it and help me see my son grow up, the target, the goal. Yeah. And um and that that you know that was it. And um you know, I had times when I just wished I, I could just like you you know, when you, you you compare it, you know, people say, Oh I mean when I when I was ill and I've been treatment and people saying, Oh mm. yeah, I feel dreadful there, I've got a really bad cold and they say, E sorry, e, I shouldn't say that with you, the thing you're going through. And I said, Well no, because in re- relative to what your normal life is, a cold and a flu is fucking a nightmare. Yeah. Stops you working, stops you going out. It's horrible. I said, you know, it's the same level of disruption as me. Yeah. Just that mine's, you know, the outcome might be worse. So when you say about the kidney stones and that's about that pain level where you literally can't move. Mm. And I've been laid in bed with... um you know, in that much similar sort of pain levels to you where the mo- bottle of morphine has been on my bedside cabinet yeah. and I've been in that much pain, I literally can't move to take a sip of the morphine, yeah. you know, with the post-operative and, and all of the treatments and what have you. It was horrendous. Um, but it, I always said, right, I'm doing it for, for my relationship with my son. Yeah. You know? What a beautiful thing! Even like the uh, even the uh, the biological therapy, which yeah. is an age, it was originally it was a self injected pen oh, in right. my stomach. So I used to do that once a week. I took it on a say, Tuesday, then I'd have the worst flu symptoms you could ever think of yeah. for four days, and then it would get slightly better. But by the time you felt okay, you knew the next day. You were having to do it again. Fuck. So the motivation to stick it in, knowing it's going to do a lot of damage to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, but it, so you, and that, I was on that for 18 months. My God. So yeah. I, I had a break, like I did nine months of break and then another nine months. And it, so you can imagine the level of motivation you need. And you can also imagine quite happily, not happily, but I can quite, happily imagine people saying it's not for me yeah I can't do it just like halfway through and go can't yeah. do this anymore can't do it anymore and you know and sometimes you're lucky and you know like me I did it I 
took everything that could give me. Yeah. Uh, and I was lucky it was a rare disease. And, uh, you know, I was lucky that it wasn't, a pri- you know, even though it was a primary tumour, it wasn't the normal type of kidney cancer, which, you know, the, the survival rates are quite low. Uh, my cancer was survival rate was quite low, but m- most of the people who got it were in the seventies. Right. So it skewed the but so and that but you know the poor lass that you you had a mm. podcast with she recently passed away didn't she Yeah 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 Tracy yeah and you just you just think you just think you know uh, it's uh, that's it and she took it brilliantly you know she was amazing yeah. Absolutely amazing. I mean, yeah, when you spoke to her and she was making plans for what would eventually happen and making plans for yeah. her kids and... Yeah. Like, you know, human beings, we do we do get our heads around things and we go, right, okay, there's... After you've gone through the initial stages of anger yeah. and yeah. sadness... Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess you do get to a point where, right, right, this is what I need to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I set up a trust for my son... Uh, Brought my ex-wife with me to a lot of these things because it involved mm. obviously our son. She was bit, she was fantastic, oh, really? absolutely amazing, really supportive. Yeah, my elder brother was brilliant. My younger brother just said, "Oh, it's a mistake," <laughs> you know, he, he couldn't quite grasp it. Bless him. Oh, mate, but it, it, but yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah. So that that's really coloured everything from from then on, really. Yeah. Do you ever get um, with your son when he's if he's if your son if you when he was a teenager and he's been a bit difficult? Do you ever do you have, do you have any idea what I've been through? <laughs> it's out of your room. <laughs> do you know Do you know what it Do you know what it was? The overriding thing was because I wasn't working. Um, financially, obviously, it was a nightmare. I lost my house and everything. Oh, mate. Uh, because I, I tried to pay the mortgage with my. I spent all my savings. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, put a mortgage on credit cards, and in the end, you just go, can't do this, no. you know. So I walked away from the house, and uh, you know, walked away from, you know, I lost a lot of money, um, and it's difficult to go back, you know, when you when you cripple like, you know, when you don't know if you, I don't know what I'm going to be like tomorrow. Mm. So the last three days, I've been in bed because I've been that tired I can't do anything really I mean literally do anything uh, and I've had a few weeks of that now where I've had a day or so where I felt okay and then just yeah you know back down to it my god so you know um, anyway so the one thing that that meant was my inability to work was spending so much time with my son yeah uh, my ex-wife was a had a, ma- um, a really important government job. Um, I won't say for several mm. reasons, but so she relied on me, which was great. So all the summer holidays, I had Henry. Oh, uh, nice! You know, yeah. uh, Easter holidays. Um, so we spent a lot of time together. Yeah, and so I was with him a lot through. And we never had, he never had terrible teenagers. Yes. Oh, nice. Just got on with so, him. Yeah. Yeah. He's just a That's... twat now. <laughs> Can't take his drink. I took him out for my, for, it was my uh, 56th birthday uh, this month. 56? Yeah. Oh, and um, I, we went for a dinner in Yarm and it, he said, I'm paying for, I'm paying for dinner. I said, all right, son. That's great. That's really kind of you. 
So I booked the most expensive restaurant I could find. <laughs> and uh, I, he said, oh, and a waiter came over and said, would you like some wine? I said, oh, yeah, look at the wine list. I bought a bottle of, I think it was a 2012 Sancerre, which is about 56 quid or something. And he's like, you could see the colour drain. And so we had a start. And I said, and we'd finished that in about 20 minutes, me and him. And I said, I said, oh, do you fancy some a red wine? He went, oh, yeah. yeah. So we, I ordered another, I think it was about 60 quid bottle of wine. And um, his face by then was like white. And I said, look, mate, I said, I know you're not going to pay for this. You know, we'll, I, in the end, we went Dutch. We went halves. That's all right. But yeah, we had a we had a cracking time. But he just he was absolutely malt by the end of it. Couldn't stand up. Really? No. My, no yeah. So I put him to bed. I know. <laughs> My lads are like that. We, I think when I used when they were younger and they, I'd come in. Anyway, I wasn't aggressive. I was just boisterous and pissed. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. you know, jumping around and jumping on the bed, and it put them off for years. Mm. Like they wouldn't they wouldn't come yeah. out for a drink with dad. They don't. They don't. They don't get on it. Like my youngest is studying music now, and so he's in bands and stuff. So he's doing things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they wouldn't come out with me for years. They would because I just. They were like, I'm not being around that dickhead. <laughs> I know. Well, I, I think because obviously Henry saw me grow up ill. Mm. I mean, it sounds daft. He never actually saw me drunk because I ne- never. I, I don't drink really that much at all. Really. But we had, we were on it that night, and we after dinner we waiting for John to pick us up, obviously. So we went to the pub next door and he ordered a couple of large whiskies and I think that's what finished him off. <laughs> Bless him. But we had such a wonderful time. It was like two mates going oh, out, you nice. know. It was such a refreshener. And he was so refreshingly honest about his life and his and his girlfriend and what he's worried about and what he likes. And he told me some things that if he told me at the time that happened, I'd be like, right, you're not going out, you're not doing this, you're not going. Yeah. But, you know, it was nice to be able to just say talk to him as a man and say, well, yeah, you did the right thing there, you know, whether he got into a scrap with someone or someone approached him. or He, de- he deals with people really well. And yeah. It's really nice to... Isn't it? Yeah. It's lovely to know that your kids your kids are sorted. Like my like my yeah. lads, I used to worry about them in, like with the world the way it is. And, yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, shit, I want them to... I hope they're going to be all right. But when you actually listen to them talking, they've got more yeah. of a sense of what's going on than you have most of the time. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know? And I think with our... And I, I, I use our profession loosely because you are a consummate professional comedian. <laughs> A wonderful, wonderfully talented man. Uh, genuinely, just you, absolutely man. brilliant. Um, and um, wait there, let me finish. What 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 did else did you email? <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but you are. You're such. There's a bit about my penis. My penis being. Massive. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and nine inch penis. <laughs> so that's the admin. Done. That's it. Thank oh, you. But, you know, you don't like your admin, do you? I fucking hate admin. I know. <laughs> you, you, you hate admin, but you go on for about f- twice as long as it should take. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I hate admin. I hate admin. I hate admin. <laughs> right. It's, an, it's a half-hour monologue. Yeah, no. <laughs> I'm not, I, I'm not vain. Can you see that? Can you see that behind me? What's oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah. Lit up V. Yeah. <laughs> Someone got me. Like the Hollywood sign. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, you're, I say our profession and loosely because, you know, I've done about three live gigs in my life. But um, 
you know, I consider myself more of a wannabe actor, wannabe <laughs> comedian than a real one. But, you know, what I'm saying is when our personalities are naturally embarrassing to kids, aren't they? Yes. Just just, yeah. just by the nature of what we do. And then add alcohol. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Henry, Henry, Henry's... When I dress up as a woman, as Jam, uh, one of my characters is James Arthur's mum, Jam. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, the singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I don't look like the woman. I don't sound like the woman. It was just a happenstance on one of the live shows we did uh, online. We, we we did a Facebook show called um, John O'Sullivan's Late Night Lockdown. Yeah. When, during lockdown, he did he did a show every night for about a year and a half and uh, we did it free and it, we were getting like audience of like 2,000 bloody hell that's amazing 3,000 yeah yeah and I sort of started coming on as a producer because he's technically he's like a caveman John <laughs> bless him so I came on set his mic up and one of you and then I'd sit in and then he said why not and I I was like alright I'll do do a couple of shows and then I really got I really got into it and then Someone said something. I think I put some glass comedy glasses on. He said, oh, God, you look like James Arthur's man. <laughs> and I went, you cheeky bastard. <laughs> you know, and that, and then the create, we created this character. But so jo- Henry seen me online dressed as a woman with a fake vagina, <laughs> penises. There's, di- there's dildos in, the, in my, you know, there's all sorts of props and stuff because the show is disgusting. Yeah. I mean, Jam, the character Jam wanks off all men to death so she can steal the watches. <laughs> to death? Yeah. We did, we, did, we did a live show in Stockton where Jam contacted oh. um, Captain Tom, the NHS. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Tom Moore. Is it Tom Moore? Tom Moore, yeah. Captain Tom Moore. He, he, she contacted him in the, in, the, in, the, in the other side, the other side, and complained that the watch he gave her wasn't worth three thousand. <laughs> uh, it was only worth thirty quid. You cheap bastard! You weren't you weren't all that money on the NH. Yeah. So. And we did it. We did a, a Rose West as a gardening expert. Oh my it fucking was, god! Oh, it was just. <laughs> so we had this, but John didn't know about it. The character John didn't know about no. it. And I said, oh, "I've got, I've got this." Um, Got this garden expert. I met her at uh, in prison, um, but she knows all about gardening. And uh, we've had some, f- and we pretended we'd had text messages in from people. So I went off, went off stage to do the voice, and the questions were like, uh, "I've got this hydrangea that's uh, drooping a bit in in the front garden. Um, you know, what's your advice? Should I water? Should I prune it?" And I, I'd say, as this other person, I'd say. Um, well, the best thing to do is to put it in shade, but don't go near the patio. <laughs> so all the way through, every question was about staying away from the patio. <laughs> it's sick. It's utterly uh, sick. But it went down really well. But this is it. Again, it's, it's, we were all in a, in a situation that we didn't expect to be in. And a lot of the times, like, you, like when, you, when, you, when you're sat around with everybody after your diagnosis... Yeah. 
It's the same mm. thing. It's that gallows humour, isn't it? It gets us yeah. through, you know, when you've... Yeah. I've done... I, I talked about it last night, actually, at a gig. I did a gig uh, at a military hospital, people coming back from Afghanistan. Oh, wow. And there was one fella, and he... he uh, I think it was a landmine or something, but it meant he was in a wheelchair and he couldn't communicate. He communicated via this screen. To this day, I don't know how it worked because he would just smile and move his eyes, and it would work. I don't even know how. But they said, uh, you'll know when he wants to say something because his screen will flash up, which means he's talking to you. So I'm chatting away and I said something and his screen flashed up and I had a look and it said, cunt. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> that's the, one of the funniest heckles I've ever had. Yeah. But that's, that's, how they so all got, that's how they all got through it. They were rinsing each other because that's, oh, unbelievable. that's all they had. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. And it's, that you know, sort of that that level of stress, um, and you know, same with the police, firemen. Mm. My dad was a fireman, and you know that he never brought anything home really. No. But it was all done in the in the break room, yeah. taking the piss out of each other, basically. Yeah, 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 I think that's how you do it. It's how you cope. How did you yeah. feel when they said it's in remission? That must have been a day. Yeah, well, it never, it, there was never, I didn't get like the bell on the ward or anything like that. Oh, right. Just that I just got the second or third scan and, and Mike said, oh, I got a letter saying, oh, it's not spread or it's not grown anymore. Right. Since the last scan. And that was it, really. So that must have been, that must, that's how you know it, things are getting better. When they send you a letter. Yeah. Rather than ringing you yeah. up, you know it's the <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When when it when it's three months after the scan, that's what I say. If I haven't heard anything in three months, it's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A second class letter. <laughs> mm. But now, I mean, Nick, I've known him. He's a lovely fellow. I've known him what ten, nearly fifteen years, yeah, or right. whatever it is, ten years. Uh, no, 2015, 16 years. So now I just email him if if anything's up. I just say, look. Kind of come and see you because mm. I don't feel right or whatever. Do you have that when? But, do you have like now? Do you worry any, any sort of a weird pain? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not generally a hypochondriac. No. Um, I do know someone who is. <laughs> um, we talk about John again. <laughs> no, no, he's all right. He's all right. He, he just has he. He's such an anxious fellow, bless him. But no, um, he uh, he has. Uh, I I'm not really that genuinely sort of hypochondriac, although I did get develop a lump in my breast, mm. believe it or not. Right. Um, and I had to have a mammogram, and that's when I wasn't. I didn't have the moves that I have now. <laughs> so, you know, things like that. When it when I know. Why is that? Why is there a lump in my breast? You know what I mean. Mm. Uh, and men do get breast cancer. They do. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, so I had to go through that whole process, you know. But it was done in a day. So I rang my doctor and he said, "Right, I'll ring the breast clinic at, you know, at James Cook and go down this afternoon." So it's all. It's that was pre-COVID, um, uh, and pre what the uh, current government have done to the NHS as mm. well. But uh, I've noticed I haven't, I, I don't see anyone now hardly medically wise. No. I just have to rely on the fact that 
everything's okay and then I, if something went wrong I can do something about yeah, it yeah yeah what, but yeah. yeah what a relief in a weird after everything and yeah I can't imagine what that's we're going from the diagnosis of you vote you might have this long to live to yeah the can the, I mean the cancer doesn't the cancer d- doesn't affect me now it's mm. like it's just all of this byproducts of the treatment yeah um you know and someone might turn around and say well you should you should have just taken turmeric powder and that cute you know something's yeah you know why why take all that poison on board as well that's what is known to work to kill the tumors yeah 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 how about with covid and that? that must have panicked you a bit yeah i literally didn't go out for about 16 months never yeah, left the yeah, house yeah which, i just couldn't which also brings its own problems yeah yeah well i mean the good thing was uh john was here mm. so he spent a lot of time with me and he did shopping i mean i got in the end got delivered they got themselves organized so i could i got some priority slots and stuff like that uh, so it wasn't too bad and I'm not really one to be I don't go out drinking no. I don't really go the, you know I, I live in North Yorkshire there's no massive theatre scene or anything like that I'll, I'll go to concerts like comedy gigs and stuff yeah. like that um, now and again mainly when there's mates playing or people I really, truly admire yeah um, I just happened to see you one night by accident <laughs> no, I do admire you and I do consider you a mate. Yeah, you are a mate. But no, it it was um, it was a cracking night, that wasn't it? It was so so brilliant because I as I I know because Alex said that you were coming in, so I was like I was excited to be meeting you, and then I thought John when when I saw John I didn't realize who he was I thought he was Les from the old yeah I thought it was do you him. know what I know yeah we had that we had that uh, we went to see uh, Bob and Vic do their little tour when they just did like a retrospective about the career and it was a chat really yeah uh which was nice it was a, a nice show and so someone and I've got, obviously I went and I was dreading it because there's a, it's all Vic and Bob fans mm. isn't it I mean they're lovely but I was just you know I had a I had glasses on and a hat you're right uh and you know, I got asked a lot, which I I'd always say yes because I would be the same. I would think miserable. <laughs> but you know, but John was. Everyone was saying, "Oh, you're less as well." Aren't you? Yeah. He's going, no, I'm not less. <laughs> I did. So, can we get photo with Les? <laughs> Where's your stick, Les? <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to because all night long I was like, I'm sure that's him. But I didn't want to say it, and I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> it turned out it wasn't. But those, no, no. but those nights when they were like, we were like, "Oh yeah, we're, we're going to go and have a drink," and we do this, and it just turns into just a, a really wonderful Ma- night where we all, funny, we all got funny on. Night, yeah. So yeah. funny, and then your mate with the egg. Oh yeah, Sean. Sean with the egg on a on a bit of string. Yeah. Isn't that funny? <laughs> Shall I tell the story? Yes. My mate Sean, um, who I love to bits, bless him. And he's a massive comedy fan. Um, he used to work in uh, the West End at Liberties, but he lived somewhere quite um, uh, south of the river somewhere, and it was quite a rough area. So, and he used to wear these really nice suits, Liberty, you know, suits and what have you. So, rather than sort of like sneak around, he decided to have a rubber fried egg 
on a lead on a string and carry that and drag that along with him and he said these like these proper like street guys would say to him you know you know what are you doing he said oh this is Colin my egg I'm taking him out for a walk <laughs> and they'd be like whoa <laughs> oh, yeah, God, you, know. yeah. you, you keep going mate <laughs> yeah yeah he's lovely Sean He's absolutely lovely. What is he's it? So generous. Is he a comedian? No, he isn't. No, no. He does a bit of DJing and stuff like that. But he's friends with um, he's friends with a lot of comedians and that. He's he's such a funny guy. Yeah, he's a lovely man. He's going to come up. We're going to try and get him up. Uh, John's going away for a few days, so I'm going to get him up. Oh, lovely. Just to spend some time. That'd be nice. Him. I'm coming up. I'm going to be doing. I'm doing. What am I doing? I'm doing it. I think I'm doing. I'm not. I don't know if it's the arc, but I'm going to be up. Oh yes. I'm up doing that, and there's two of them. There's, I know it's Middlesbrough way, so I'm going to be up soon. But I'll give you a shout. What, what is that? Do you know? I don't know. I'll drop you a message after this. I'll let you know. See if you're around. All right. Because I don't know whether I'll be. A, I don't know whether I'm <laughs> on holiday. And oh, I'd be lovely to see you. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, you need go. Oh no, I'm not around. I haven't told you yet. Yeah, that's why I wanted the date. <laughs> You've ruined the joke Sorry, and, mate. and the real. No, but yeah, no, it, it's always nice. Because I, I went to, uh, it was it was Dan Skinner I went to see, wasn't it, originally? Yeah. Was no, it no, Dan? no, it was... Uh, no, it was, it, it was um, Alex. Alex, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, Alex, Clint, yeah. Clinton Baptiste. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was a good setup. that. That was a great, great little interaction. He's so lovely. With, with you... Alex yeah. is a lovely fella, isn't he? And just, I learned so much from doing that that tour with him. And then that when he says, yeah, go and have a chat with the audience. And then when he walks out, it's Clinton, yeah. and he's just, yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, yeah. And he's such a sweetheart as well. He's so he's so lovely to be around. He's he's an absolutely lovely, lovely fella, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, he's a sweetheart. I mean, I, I'd never met him before till that night. Um, <clears throat> we follow each other on Twitter and stuff like that. Oh, really? I've been a fan. Yeah. Been a massive fan of Barry and and uh, and Clinton, obviously, but uh, yeah, we just followed each other on Twitter, and we said what I said. We did a we did one of his live shows, his TV shows yeah. that he did. Me and John, and John played a punter who was ringing up, and he said, "Oh, that I've just I've just moved into my mum's house." Uh, have you seen the video? No. Oh, I'll have to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he shows him around, and and Clinton's going, yeah, I can't, I can't see, you know, there's nothing, nothing showing through, and all that. <laughs> and then uh, he said, oh, I'll go up in the bedrooms when. Uh, so he went up the bedroom, and he said, right, well, well, we'll come back to you. And then they came back to me, and then I played his dead mum <laughs> with a red light on my lap in bed next to him. And I said, time, time, I think, what, time for wanks. <laughs> and Alex, Alex was, he fucking nearly died. He was like, oh, Craig, can you? <laughs> time for mummy's lickies or something like that. Time for, yeah. Oh, God. Well, that is, yeah, was, but that's where, that's, it was the, it was Ian Lee's phone-ins that, that I used to drive back from gigs and I used to, it, I'd be excited that it was on. So you had yeah. Barry would ring in, Andre was another one, yeah. and there yeah. was a few others. 
And I remember one, I've said this, I've said, I think I said this every, every time I speak to anyone about it. There was one where Ian let Andre and Barry from Watford just keep going. And, it, and, yeah. it was, and Barry's going, I just yeah. saved me none nights, I saved me none nights, and Andre's on and on yeah. and on. And yeah, it was, yeah. far, honestly, yeah. I nearly crashed yeah. the car. It was, it, it's sort of, there's almost Andy Kaufman levels yeah. of like sur surreal, sort of like beyond comedy. Yeah. To what Ian does sometimes. I still he's, say he's, that. I still when 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 I'm, I still I was just saving the nuts. I still say it. Yeah, <laughs> saving the nuts. Saving the nuts. What I can't understand. I said to him. I said to him, "How do you keep it up?" Yeah. Do you know? Because that, like, with the teeth and all that, it's not like. I said, I don't know. You can keep it up. No. For like, but he said, "Oh, I get it's comfortable." Just into it, and that's it. Yeah. I think he's. I great. mean, the same with uh, Steve Delaney and Count Arthur Strong for like an hour and a half. Yeah, he's, he never stops. No, do you know what? And it, I saw. So we went to the Jeremy Hardy night uh, thingy, and then I came out, and Pete Bakey from Absolutely was outside, and I just was so excited to see him. I've never seen. I was. I am a massive Absolutely fan. Yeah, and yeah, I went. Yeah. I went. Oh, I said, look, I know this is weird, but. Fucking Pete Bakey, Pete Bakey, mate. I, I think you're amazing. Love it. And he's like, oh, thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. It wasn't until I ran off and I was like, he was sat, he was stood with Steve, uh, Count Arthur Strong. Oh. I didn't realise because <laughs> oh, he wasn't God. in his arms. No, no. I mean, he's a he's a tiny little skinny fit bloke, and he's Steve Delaney. He's yeah. like skinny and lithe. He obviously keeps himself well fit because he's getting on in a few years, but. Uh, when he's Count Arthur, you wouldn't recognise. No, him. not at all, not at all. And I did it. No, no, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Rude. And it just Count Arthur just seems to like explode. Yeah. I I love I love Steve's Count Arthur. I think if you haven't seen it live on stage, you should really go because it's just colossal. Yeah. What I love is when a character, when you start talking about the character like they're a real person. And yeah, then, like I've, there's yeah. people I know that, and you're sitting talking about material and jokes and stuff, and then you mm. go, "No, they wouldn't say that. That's not how they think. Yeah. That they'd probably yeah, do yeah, it yeah. this way." It's yeah, yeah. Isn't it? yeah. We, I mean, I, I did that awful thing of talking to John about jamming the third person. You know, you just think because <laughs> I, I mean, a lot of the time I'll, I get ready, put the makeup on, the wig, and the and it's a nurse's like carer's uniform I've got on and about six watches <laughs> and um, and I just can't remember what I've said no I mean I, I'll sit back and watch a show that we've done and laugh at it because I thought oh that's funny because I've just gone yeah. totally into the character you know it's not like I don't think right what I'm sat there with a the wig in there and I think right what would Jam say now I just just envelops i mean yeah. it sounds so wanky and unbelievable <laughs> but it, yeah it's true yeah. yeah when you hit though when you get into that though i mean i've done it at gigs where i forget what i've said or i'll, I'll say something i'm like i didn't even know i was going to say that it's just yeah. it just blurts out because you're yeah. in this it's brilliant isn't, that, it? isn't it i find it i find when it, when that happens to me i find i've had like one or two drinks, yeah. uh, and it's a, it's in, within a group of people I trust. Yeah, and I get and I really, really then start, and it's always about taking the piss out of something or someone. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 
But yeah, I, it, it, you get on a roll, don't you? Yeah, it's yeah, great. I love it's it. It's a great sort of feeling, yeah. <laughs> you're just brilliant at it, though. You're, Thanks, you're just such such a quick, clever, uh, witty Thanks, sort of, just unbelievable. It's just fear. I, I'm I scared was, of the silence. <laughs> yeah, no, I can imagine that. Uh, it probably doesn't happen very often to you nowadays, but I was just a gog at your level of uh, talent. Thanks, honestly, mate. I'm saying that. You know. Oh, thank you. And um, I'll give you. <laughs> oh, sorry. And, um, and your nine-inch penis. Yeah, there we go. Nine-inch penis, <laughs> mate. This has been lovely. Thank you so much for oh, coming. Oh, sorry, on. I haven't talked much about no. uh, anything. What are you talking about? You, this is perfect because what people will get something from what you've said. Someone somewhere will will take some comfort from what you've said, mate. So. Oh well, I hope yeah, so. Yeah, 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 definitely. Cancer isn't a death sentence, unfortunately, sometimes. But um, and you can come out the other side with a different career or try and do a different career. Yeah, it's all about your outlook, isn't it? And you do well. Thanks, yeah. mate. Where can we find um, you online? Uh, I'm on Twitter as at Vaughn L. Um, I think that's it, really. I don't bother with much else. No. I don't do Facebook. I've got about six Instagram things. I can't remember what they're called. <laughs> Um, my show reels on YouTube. That's always worth a look. Lovely. We'll put a link to it. We'll um, put a link to it to the. Uh, uh, with I this. also um, make balloon creatures, um, and I will strip <laughs> for a fee. Yeah, I didn't think. Oh, do you know what? I was wondering how I was going to bring it up. Like, am I going to? Am I going to make him nude? Or the you? balloon animals and the strip tees. There you go. It's just a whole thing I do with the balloon animals. It's <laughs> one for the kids and one for the women. <laughs> yeah. This <laughs> uh, involved. Thanks, mate. All right. Thank you it's so been much. A pleasure. It's been a lovely talk. Yeah. Always a pleasure. Insane in the membrane. Planning for your next trip. Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Made by darkhorsedigital.co.uk. Shooting, live streaming, and podcast production.